Hi, and welcome to Being Lutheran, a podcast dedicated to proclaiming the excellencies of Jesus Christ and the biblical theology expressed in the Lutheran Confessions. Today, Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bow, and myself wrap up our discussion on the second article of the Apostles' Creed. Welcome to the Being Lutheran Podcast. I am Pastor Brett Bow, and I have with me... Pastor Jason Goodham. And Pastor Brian Rickey. All right, we are continuing to uh, walk through the second article of the Apostles' Creed, and... Now we're in the New Testament. Yeah, we're now demonstrating, we're you know, <laughs> the central doctrine of Scripture, which is really the central focus right. of the New Testament is Christ's redemption on yep. the cross. That's the... Yep. We had a long discussion before we started recording. What passage of the New <laughs> Testament are we going to use? And Isaiah fifty-three was pretty obvious from mm-hmm. the Old Testament, and there are a couple other things. I mean, yep. we we don't have time. We could have talked about how everything in the tabernacle mm-hmm. points to Christ yep. in mm-hmm. in the whole atonement thing there, and even the pros- mm-hmm. prophet, priest, yeah. and, and king yep. imagery throughout yep. the Old Testament too. It's like. Oh. Genesis right. 22, we alluded to it, referred to a yep. few times, that is central to the the, re, the redemption message, but it's literally all over yeah. the New Testament. You have the history in the Gospels, you have um, Peter's sermon in Acts 2, mm-hmm. which, you know, mm-hmm. as far as human yep. is concerned, is the best sermon probably ever preached. You got, you know, Paul's constantly talking about it. He says so in 1 mm-hmm. Corinthians that I decided to know nothing among you except Christ mm-hmm. and him crucified. Yeah. Uh, but we've settled on Second uh, Corinthians five seventeen through twenty one. Yeah. So this is this is poetic for me as far as I'm concerned because last week we did my favorite chapter in the Old Testament. This mm-hmm. week we get my favorite verse in the Bible in Second Corinthians five twenty one. <laughs> so I I got all my bases uh, yeah. covered. That's good. Well, I'll go ahead and read that for us here as we get going in Second Corinthians five, uh, starting at verse seventeen. It says therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. All this is from God, who through Christ reconciled us to himself and gave us a ministry of reconciliation. That is, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them and entrusting to us a message of reconciliation. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin who knew no sin, that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Here ends reading. Amen. 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 That section, not counting their trespasses against them. Mm. Yeah. Oh, Oh, so good. Thank you, Jesus. (laughs) Yeah, right. The, the sister verse to that section in our passage today is Romans 2.4, mm-hmm. where it talks about, do you not know that the kindness and forbearance of God is designed to bring about repentance? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it really uh, illustrating, you know, on, on the most basic level, everything in our life is designed to bring about repentance. That The fact that we're not currently being punished for something is designed to bring about repentance because of God's face, uh, his patience. You know, you, you think about it. Why do I have so many good things in my life? Why am I so blessed when there's Christians in the Middle East fighting for their life because their home has been bombed and mm. because there's murderous, 
you know, ISIS soldiers, you know, who want to kill them. Why am I not there? Why am I here? Well, so I might repent and receive the great promises of the gospel. God, by his grace and his mercy, not counting my sins against me because he's counted my sins against Jesus. Mm -hmm. Because of that, then you've been entrusted with that same message and we can proclaim it. Yeah, right. uh, from the rooftops because of the freedom of Christ Jesus. Mm-hmm. And so the word that's used often in this text that's repeated in different ways is reconciliation. Yeah. And so definition, guys, there? Well, reconciliation, first of all, is one of the two words we are given mm-hmm. to define our relationship with God. And so in American Christianity, again, we are addicted to referring to our relationship with God, mm-hmm. to saying, you know, how's your relationship with Jesus going? And, and what we're looking oh, for... I don't know. We kind of missed date night last night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, you have the absurdity of that. And, sure. you know, I understand the sentiment... Christ relates to the church in the same way a husband relates yeah, to a wife. Actually, yeah. reverse that. A husband relates to a wife in the same way Christ relates to the church. So, mm-hmm. you know, there's some precedent for it. But when we ask that question, how's your walk with Jesus going? How's your relationship with the Lord? What we're looking for is an answer that puts us on a sliding scale of morality. And what we're looking to do is we're looking to rate how we stand before God based on our own performance. The Bible doesn't allow us to put our vertical relationship with God there. Mm -hmm. There's no location. And so as I was preparing the curriculum a few years ago, as Mm -hmm. I was starting at my church in South Minneapolis, what I realized that in reality, in light especially of the, the revealed truth of Scripture in the New Testament, we are permitted to refer to our relationship with God in one of two ways. Mm-hmm. Either you have a relationship of wrath with God or you have a relationship of reconciliation. And the only thing separating those two categories mm-hmm. is the blood of Christ and that those promises are apprehended by faith. Mm-hmm. And so that's the first place we want to start with reconciliation. It's, you know, if someone asks you, how's your walk with Jesus doing? How's your relationship with the Lord? I'm Uh, reconciled. Reconciled, exactly. I think it would be a powerful thing to kind of jolt that person out of that habit who's asking you that. Now, you know, how's your sanctification doing? How's your Christian walk doing? I was going to say, is there, a, is there a different way to ask that question? Because we want to put the, the best, most charitable construction on, on that. There's a place for us to talk about. I'm struggling with my devotions right now. I'm struggling, you know, with my prayer life right now. That's fine. But then the message of absolution, the message of mm-hmm. the gospel in that is you are redeemed. Sure. You are reconciled to God. And, and that, again, will properly put us in the perspective we need to be in, in relation mm-hmm. to God and relation to our neighbor. Mm-hmm. It's interesting. I There's a hymn that, you know, that talks about this whole idea of a sliding scale. We are climbing Jacob's ladder. Oh, no, no. Rung by rung. <laughs> well, Seriously, I mean, oh, but, is it, but isn't that it? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, but, right. that, but there's, I think that even in small ways, we think that way. Sure. And we allow that sliding scale to become a part of our lives because we're staying in that that guilt and shame. And I think that if we can somehow, with the grace and mercy of Christ and the freedom of Christ, with the power of the Holy Spirit, come to the conclusion that we can't do anything. Mm-hmm. We have mm-hmm. absolutely nothing to offer according to Christ's righteousness. Does Christ's righteousness need augmentation? No. Is it not perfect? Do we add to the the righteousness of Christ? That's absurd. Mm -hmm. It is absolutely absurd. What we do is we return to the foot of the cross and allow God's grace and mercy through confession and repentance to renew us. 
And, you know, going back to what you were saying in the previous episode, Brian, that, you know, we're addicted to ourselves. We're always looking for something to contribute. And this is where this mm-hmm. inclined plane model of sanctification comes in or where we're answering on this, this sliding scale of morality, how's my walk with Jesus doing? In reality, we're not comparing our piety or our holiness or our sanctification with Jesus we're not comparing it with ourselves. We're comparing it with others. We're, yep. we're really subtly uh, trying to measure that we're holier than someone else, mm-hmm. that we're more pious than someone else. When we come to that stark reality, man, that is shameful. Mm-hmm. That'll, that'll beat you down. Yeah. Uh, that all we're trying to do is just be better than the next guy. Mm-hmm. And, and it, oh, plays, like, it plays out in two different ways. It, you either feed your pride and, and you get to, you grow. Your, your pride actually begins to grow and become more like the Pharisees and Sadducees. Or you live in guilt and shame nope. and you never experience mm-hmm. the freedom of yeah. Christ's declaration of innocence and the mm-hmm. forgiveness of all of your sin. And that despair is especially what kills faith. That's I where know. I was in my personal testimony why ready bother? to walk away. You know, if yeah. I can't be good enough, why bother? Why That's do I need to me. come to church? No. When you don't hear the freedom of the gospel preached properly, mm-hmm. the, the ultimate conclusion is, well, why bother? Sure. And we come back to verse 20, this call. In response to that sort of thing, we implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. Be reconciled. That's just the line right there. And, you know, I think we should answer your original question, what is reconciliation? Mm -hmm. Because we talked about what it isn't now. But Mm -hmm. reconciliation uh, identifies that we have broken fellowship with God. The the lack of reconciliation, or the, the Lutheran confessions put it, lack of original righteousness that we possess goes all the way back to Genesis 3. And it speaks right to the mediatorial ministry of Christ, Mm -hmm. where it brings the two parties that are not in communication, that are are not reconciled to each other, and he brings... God and humanity yep. together. So the reconcilable the, differences. Yeah, you know, irreconcilable. Yeah. Irreconcilable. Irre- differences. But yep. that's what we end up is the picture of our need for reconciliation mm-hmm. is Adam and Eve cowering in the bushes mm-hmm. in absolute fear of God, mm-hmm. trying to cover themselves with fig leaves. Yeah. And 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 that's the picture according to Isaiah, going back to Isaiah sixty four, verse six, of our foolishness in trying to impress God with our works. All our righteous deeds are like filthy rags, mm-hmm. and we all like a leaf are carried away. It's that trying to cover ourselves with leaves. Well the problem with making a garment of leaves is as soon as you pluck a leaf from the tree, it dies and then it withers and then it crumbles and you're still left there naked and ashamed even if you've you know covered yourselves with hundreds or thousands of leaves mm-hmm. in 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 Genesis 3 God provides Adam and Eve with a better covering mm-hmm. a more effective covering for their sins in our spiritual lives in our eternity God provides us with a better covering mm-hmm. than our good works which are inextricably tied to our yeah, sin and our shame, right. the covering he provides us is the righteousness of Jesus Christ. And you could almost say the only covering. Yeah. Well, it's the only one that works. We yeah. try, yeah. but I mean, it's, everything we try to cover our sin and our shame with in good works is the emperor's new clothes. Well, that, and it, make, <laughs> it actually accuses us even more. Like James says, you know, if you break yeah. one of the commandments, the whole of the law is then brought against yeah. you. And it actually accuses us even to a greater degree. So then the, the picture of reconciliation is the erasing that gap, erasing mm-hmm. that cowering in fear, right. erasing that separation. So the opposite of the Garden of Eden in, in chapter 3 is Hebrews 4.16. Mm-hmm. Let us then approach the throne of grace with confidence mm-hmm. so that we might receive mercy and find grace in time of need. Right. Is, is imagine not only being before God Almighty, 
uh, but being before God Almighty in a way that you're not terrified mm-hmm. is that we've is that Isaiah granted 59 access to him. that talks about our sins separates us yep. from fifty nine two yeah yeah our sins have made a separation mm-hmm. between us and God so that He does not see and hear right yeah and so verse nineteen in this text talks about what Christ has done to bridge that gap yep. uh, to come to us um, Christ was reconciling the world to Himself kind of taking away that yeah. division. That, and, and, mm-hmm. and, and that's the proper direction of redemption, is that in Christ, God was mm-hmm. reconciling the world. So God takes the initiative. God does the work. God mm-hmm. does the redeeming. And, you know, it's the opposite of the whole, you walk across the cross yeah. illustration. Well, that there. one, yeah. you know, I'm sure we can find some best construction. What, sure. w- the image that I've always gotten when I've described this is if anyone's ever uh, watched a Western movie. Mm-hmm. And at some point in time in, in 90% of the Western movies, you know, some cowboy gunslinger is going to say, well, <laughs> got to go get right with God, you know, something like that. That's what we think is I've lived my life. I've had my fun. I've sowed my wild oats. I've, I've you know, done my hooping and hollering. Now I'm going to go bridge the gap with God. That is an incorrect picture, an mm-hmm. inaccurate picture. Yep. God, in his grace and his mercy, as we found in the first article, through his many good and gracious gifts that he gives us in our daily bread, but especially through Christ, mm-hmm. is reconciling us to himself. It, it, the, mm-hmm. the, the means of the reconciliation is the blood of Christ yep. shed in our place. Yeah, not counting their trespasses against them. No. Yeah, wow. What, a good, what good stuff here of what God has done for us. And again, in that phrase, the not trusting their, not counting their trespasses against them, isn't that God's ignoring our sin mm-hmm. or pretending it doesn't matter? God doesn't count our trespasses against us because instead He's counted it against Christ. And that's verse twenty-one ties it all together. Yeah, right. That that's for a our great sake, summary. yeah, for our sake, He made Him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in Him we might become the righteousness of God. This is Luther's great exchange, mm-hmm. the the business transaction, uh, and it always feels unsanctified to call it that. (laughs) But the the business transaction that has occurred on the cross, the happy Mm -hmm. exchange, is that Jesus takes all of our sin, our sin is imputed to Christ, is counted as Christ's own sin. Mm -hmm. And in exchange, all of Christ's perfect righteousness and obedience is imputed to us and counted as us. So that when God looks down on us, he doesn't see our record of sin and shame. He doesn't see our our filth and dirt. He sees Jesus in our place. Mm -hmm. We're clothed in Christ's righteousness. We have put on Christ. Those who have been baptized into Christ. Have put on Christ. Galatians three twenty seven, and that's positional sanctification. Mm-hmm. That's just a beautiful picture. Ah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Good stuff. Yeah, and you know, I think that it's interesting here. Even woven throughout this text is a description of reconciliation, but there's also woven it together with that a uh, the idea that we're also messengers of this oh. reconciliation. That. He's given us a message of reconciliation. He's what an given honor. us a ministry of reconciliation. You know, no, think about that. Yeah. You know, I know we're all pastors, but how many, I don't know if you guys struggle with this, but I do. There's days, you know, especially there'll be Sunday mornings where I feel like, you know, wow, I have no business mm-hmm. <laughs> being a pastor. Yeah, I have right. no right to stand mm-hmm. in in front of these people. Yeah. And preach this incredible message because I am a sinner. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. yet, in Christ, clothed yep. in Christ. So we have a traditional service first. And that helps me because I put the vestments on. And as I put on the alb that I wear, 
and I try to keep it as white as I can just because I'm a clean person. But <laughs> I'm reminded that I'm clothed in Christ's mm-hmm. righteousness and I'm bringing nothing to the table here. Mm-hmm. And isn't it wonderful? And I remember hearing this in seminary and not quite understanding it, but I do now, that it is the power of the Holy Spirit working through the word. Mm-hmm. And thank God it doesn't depend on me. Yep. I, Amen to that. You know, not I've been all about opening cans of worms lately, but my, <laughs> my main gripe with contemporary worship aside from where the content completely falls apart and, and turns us into mystics or enthusiasts or whatever, is it's so much harder to communicate the idea of, idea of sacredness, mm-hmm. uh, of, of the majesty of what's happening in the worship service. Uh, when, you know, it's it's funny, at, at my church, we, we only have one service, and it's a very traditional liturgical service as far as the AFLC is concerned. And I was down in St. Louis a few weeks ago, uh, and we were talking about different things. And so I emailed all of my Missouri Synod classmates our order of service, and they all looked down at it and like, wow, this is really simple, <laughs> you know? <laughs> and and I've had people from the AFLC say, I can't worship at your church. It's too traditional. It's too high church for me. You know, and so you have the different layers. Yeah, but, right. you know, it's one of my constant struggles as a pastor is to communicate that what goes on during the worship service is divine and is sacred and should not be common. Now, we should be familiar with it. We should be drawn to it, mm-hmm. but it is not common. It is not ordinary. It is, you know, God giving us his good gifts, mm-hmm. absolving us of our sins and us responding with what the Augsburg Confession calls is that sacrifice of praise. Yeah. And it's I don't want to mingle or or confuse justification and sanctification. So mm-hmm. don't hear me say this when I say this. But the happy exchange doesn't just end at justification. You know, that happy exchange of God pouring his Holy Spirit through the power of his word continues as mm-hmm. we return to the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. So please don't hear me mm-hmm. mingle those two because that's not what I'm saying. But God's gracious gift mm-hmm. of this new creation in Christ Jesus continually is being poured out through the proclamation of the gospel, mm-hmm. through the proclamation of his freedom, through the application of the gospel, and for the worshiping of the congregation as a family knit together in Christ. It's beautiful. And, and this really kind of nails down for us the mission of the church. You know, and it, what's so interesting mm-hmm. is that many people want to turn the mission of the church into reaching out to people who haven't believed yet mm-hmm. and, you know, wanting to preach the gospel. And they accidentally get it right. The church is about the proclamation of the gospel and the delivering of the gifts, but it's for the people who are right there. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we don't have to, to, to uh, kowtow to people who aren't coming to our churches to preach the gospel. We just have to preach the gospel. We don't have to bait and switch mm-hmm. with with yeah. entertainment. Oof, oof. We just have to preach the gospel. And so the mission of the people of God that we are ambassadors for Christ, mm-hmm. imploring people on behalf of Christ to be reconciled yeah, to God. Right. There it is. That's the mission of the Christian life that's carried out in our vocations. Mm-hmm. There we go. Mm-hmm. But but the ultimate purpose of vocation, first of all, to love neighbor uh, mm-hmm. under the will of God and the law, but is that God is clear in loving our neighbor, he provides us with the opportunities to be these ambassadors. Mm-hmm. That, the representative. That, of, the, yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's the, the priesthood of all believers yeah. that Luther so in, fought yeah. for. And yeah. the light 
invites the city on a hill in Matthew 5 that, you know, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your father Mm -hmm. in heaven. This is the call to love the neighbor Mm -hmm. is to be an ambassador for Christ is to have these opportunities to share and apply these messages of reconciliation. What I love about the picture of an ambassador, if you really think about it, what is an ambassador? It's someone from a foreign land representing his Mm -hmm. homeland in a land he doesn't belong to. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a powerful strangers picture. and aliens. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but citizenship that, is that's heaven. a powerful picture, and it that's really Thy will yeah. be done on earth as it is in heaven. Mm-hmm. And we are, we are here. We are privileged, first of all, to be in part of the kingdom of God in an already not yet reality. But we're privileged also to be ambassadors representing our true home in a home that is not our own. Mm-hmm. And and it also speaks to the power of the message of the gospel because an ambassador. It comes in the full power of the state he represents. Mm-hmm. Yep. He, he comes as if the ruler, as if the sovereign, as if the leader were there himself or herself, you know, diplomatically speaking. Yeah. You, you translate that into the Christian kingdom. We are speaking the very words of God and the will of God to yep. the people who hear this message of reconciliation. Yep. And it is for the salvation yeah, of souls right. and, and to the loosening of the chains mm-hmm. that, that bind us because of sin. Amen. Amen. Well, good. Any closing thoughts as we wrap up here, guys? You know, I think, you know, one of the things we can touch on just briefly is the beautiful connection right at the beginning of this passage in verse 17 we have to the first article of the creed to the second article of the creed. We are new creations. Mm, And we talked about that ultimately what God creating out of nothing in Genesis 1 and 2 is pointing to is that God creates our faith out of nothing Mm -hmm. in us. And so we are a new creation. We are not better versions of our sinful selves. Mm -hmm. We have not been giving a second, third, or 18 millionth chance to get it right. What we are is something entirely different than we are from our Mm -hmm. sinful selves, is that we are redeemed. We are reconciled. We're not, you know, uh, our identity is not in the filthy, vile sin that we Mm -hmm. carry with us because that's been nailed to the cross with Christ. Our identity is as a child of God. In the prodigal son words that we were lost and now we were found, we were dead and now we are alive. A new creation is to be raised from the dead, Mm -hmm. is to be given a new life. Amen. Well, I have a verse. Surprise. (laughs) Are you guys surprised? I am totally shocked. Titus chapter 3, beginning in verse 4. But when the goodness and loving kindness of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of works done by us in righteousness, but according to his own mercy, by the washing of regeneration and the renewal of the Holy Spirit, whom he poured out on us richly through Christ Jesus our Savior, so that being justified by his grace, we might become heirs according to the hope of eternal life. Thank you for joining us. Please look us up on the web at beinglutheran.com. Also invite a friend to check us out on iTunes. Please join us for our next episode where Pastor Jason Goodham, Pastor Brett Bowe, and myself continue our discussion on the Apostles' Creed. God bless you and have a great week.